In the spirit of reconciliation, the Theatre Thoughts podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all traditional custodians of the land on which our episodes are recorded. So it's kind of cute to be back after having opened the show. Exactly. And how are you both feeling with the show being open? I mean, I think obviously very – sorry, that's my chair. Can we really do that? <laughs> that sounded like I found really bad. Did you hear that? I didn't hear that. <laughs> Not the Glinda chair. Not the Glinda chair. Oh, I'm no. embarrassed. That's right. If you put that in there, that's fine. Um, it feels really wonderful that the show is um, open now. I think we had a really extensive rehearsal process. So yeah. now that we're open and like living in this show, it's really such a blessing because it's such a good show and mm. it's really nice to share it with Sydney. You're listening to the Theatre Thoughts Podcast, your backstage pass to the world of theatre in Australia and beyond. I'm Justin, your guide through the drama, comedy and pure magic of the stage from the heart of Australia to the grandest stages worldwide. Join us here for enlightening conversations, reviews and behind-the-scenes stories from the artists themselves. Subscribe for your regular dose of theatre inspiration and consider supporting us on Patreon for exclusive content. Follow us on Instagram at theatrethoughtsaus and ttpod underscore official and discover even more over on our TikTok, Theatre Thoughts Australia. So join us as we rise the curtain on a brand new episode of the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to a very, very, very special episode of Theatre Thoughts Podcast. I have uh, a returning guest coming onto the podcast today, who is a graduate of the Victorian College of the Arts. She's performed in the ensemble of Tick, Tick, Boom and Cruel Intentions, and she's now bringing the house down as Elphaba in Wicked. It's Sheridan Adams. Hi. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and then we have a new guest, which I'm so excited to welcome onto the podcast, who graduated from the Queensland Conservatorium of Griffith University with a Bachelor of Musical Theatre, most recently played Princess Anna in Disney's Frozen, also performed as Catherine Howard in Six, the understudy for Princess Jasmine in Aladdin, and Sophie Mamma Mia, and she was the 2018 finalist for the Rob Guest Endowment Award. It's Courtney Monsma. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to both of you about Wicked and, and also yourselves as well, because I find your careers and who you are as people just fascinating and really, um, I think it'll be a great addition to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Yeah, well, Sharon, and you've been on before. Yes. To have you in person is great. It's also kind of funny, like last time, oh, make sure I have my mic when I look at Courtney as well. <laughs> um, yeah, the last time we spoke was pre-rehearsal. Yes. Wow. Pre-everything, yeah. so it's kind of like a... Almost a different, like a different version of Sheridan. So it's kind of cute to be back after having opened the show. Exactly. And how are you both feeling with the show being open? I mean, I think obviously very. Sorry, that was my chair. Can we really do that? <laughs> that sounded like I found really bad. Did you hear that? I didn't hear that. Not the Glinda chair. Not the Glinda chair. Oh, I'm no. embarrassed. That's right. If you put that in there, that's fine. Um, it feels really wonderful that the show is um, open now. I think we had a really extensive rehearsal process. So yeah. now that we're open and like living in this show, it's really such a blessing because it's such a good show and mm. it's really nice to share it with Sydney. 
yeah, it's been very well received as, I mean, as you would Pew. both know, yeah. you know, <laughs> <Thank God>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, I was saying to you before, like I came on opening night, my mum hasn't stopped talking about it. And she was like, oh, are you meeting Alphabet and Glinda today? I'm like, yes, I am. Mum. She goes, oh, make sure you say hi and tell me how good they were. I was like, yes, mum, I will. Tell so, her you said hi, please. Yes, <laughs> and I said to Sheridan last time, it's actually my dad's favourite musical, which is the weirdest thing because he loves Glinda. And so like after the show, the first time it was here, he was like, Galinda, not Galinda. <laughs> like, oh, also, also my favorite jokes on the show. I revolve around Galinda and Glinda, so it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I, I connect with your dad in that way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I, I guess before we kind of get into things, I'd love for you guys to kind of chat about yourselves, Ruby. Like, what's the best things to know about Courtney and Sheridan? What do we need to know? What are the you know little tidbits? Oh, um, that's a. It's nice to be asked that. Um, I would say I'm like a massive weirdo. Mm. Um, and I love I love performing and just like escaping with acting and playing roles. And I'm very grateful to be in the position that I'm in and get to play this amazing role. But um, I feel like a lot of what I do is part of who I am. So yeah. when people ask me who I am, I'm like, uh, performing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obviously lots of other things, but it definitely um, defines a lot of who I am. And yeah, that's such a beautiful, honest answer. It's nice. Thank you. Um, things that are good to know about me. My favorite fun fact is that I can't whistle, so we can start oh, there. Oh, really? I know. I think it could be because I had braces, but let's be uh, honest, I don't think I could whistle before I had braces <laughs> yeah, either. Yeah. Um, also, I think, as Courtney was saying, it's nice to. Find something that you really, really love, such as music, theatre and acting, and then mm. to be doing it professionally it does feel like a huge bucket list ticking off. Yeah. Um, and I identify that with that as well, so it's nice to be living it. Mm. Um, I'm thinking about getting a dog. Oh, I'm a huge dog. type of dog. Oh, probably maybe a Groodle. A Groodle? Uh, yeah, okay. they're just so cute. Yeah. Um, I love Taylor Swift and Wombats. So and have you got Taylor Swift tickets? Uh, cannot confirm nor deny. <gasps> oh, cannot confirm nor deny. Very, very, very excited. <laughs> I really hope it'd be lovely. Um, so huge Taylor Swift fan. Mm. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's really important to know about. You me. know what? I actually was at the cinemas the other night and the trailer for the Taylor Swift concert <sighs> came on. And was I think, trailer? I, yeah, there was like, because they're doing the, the film version of it. Yeah. So if you don't have that. tickets, you can go watch it in cinema. Oh, well, that's and lucky. I sat there and I went, all right, that looks pretty good. And oh, like, it yeah. look and it's nice Epic. that it's coming here too because it was originally only for I think the US yeah market, oh, but now yeah. it's coming. Good. The, the yeah, show, movie's coming to Australia. Too, yeah, apparently she's going to record her concert as well. So, really? Yeah, there you yeah go. So you're in. Yes. It's all happening. Um, well, um, yeah. I'd love to do our one minute theatre thought, if you will. So Sheridan, you're familiar with this. Yes. Uh, some of your answers might have changed. I don't know. We'll wait and see. Um, but essentially, they're just a whole bunch of different questions, which will asking like roughly a minute mm -hmm. and then whatever that comes off the top of your head is your answer and then Gosh. we'll go back and we'll pick apart some of your answers and go like why'd you say that for what's that answer and so on if you're Great. open to it cool cool all righty what has been your favorite production you've seen recently mine would be miss saigon because yes. it also is quite recent i think i saw it a couple weeks ago and i was just blown away at the opera house cool. yeah. yeah at the yeah. opera house I will also second that, but I'll also yes. say I recently went to New York and I got to see some incredible performances <gasps> and I love Sweeney Todd. I thought the set oh, was... With, uh, Josh Groban? Yes, with yes. Josh Groban um, and I just thought it was incredible. Yeah, that's a good one. That was also at the Opera House as well. Yeah. Yeah. I actually drove when I was living in the UK with my friends. We wanted to see Miss Saigon and we couldn't see it in London. It was in Manchester and we drove there and back on a day. It was like oh, five hours drive or something, but it. it was so worth it. Oh. Um, uh, name a play that left you speechless. I wonder if my answer is still the same. Mm. Um, Network with Brian Cranston, which I saw in New York when I was there with university. So I think that was around 2019. 
I believe. Um, and then Gloria comes to mind also. I saw that at MTC okay. also when I was in third year in 2019. Um, yeah, they hit me very, very hard yeah. and kind of made me realise that, I mean, I love music theatre and I obviously want to do it for the rest of my life, but mm. I also have a calling in doing straight plays as well. I just mm. think some of the storytelling there and the drama I have yeah. not seen in the music theatre realm yet. I haven't seen many plays, which is horrible, live at least, but mm. if I was changing that to musical, if that's allowed, yes, um, yes. it would be when I saw Parade recently as <gasps> oh, well. Oh, okay, right. And I sat in the cubicle and I bawled my eyes oh, out no and way. I had to, I think, wait 15 minutes at least until I could leave the theatre. Right. It was incredible. That's insane. Yeah, it really, I can't stop thinking about it. Okay, I'll share my one after. Yeah, please. Um, so, well, I guess this is a bit of a tough one, but what is a dream role you'd love to tackle? For me, it's still Jenner and Waitress. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We were talking about this before. I think a dream for me would be to originate a role. Um, oh, that would yeah. be a really cool experience just to like be able to bring my own stuff to a new character. Yeah, that's a yes. great answer. But... What is your pre-show ritual? Mine kind of begins as soon as I wake up now. Um, so I wake up and I steam and then I don't talk for half an hour and then jump in the shower, kind of check in with my voice, have a little sing. The acoustics in the bathroom are just <laughs> chest kiss. Um, I'll have some food. That's kind of – that's always kind of a, a statement, a statement, staple of my morning and my day. And then when it comes to before the show, I don't have too much. I like to get in a little bit earlier, just set up my dressing room, and then I'm in the chair getting green and I warm up while I get green. I chat to Jake and I chat to Kate and Dee, my lovely green team. And then right before I go on, I do my warm up and I sing The Wizard and I while Courtney is on stage in her bubble. Because oh, I right. need, yeah, I need to sing that. That song I find, funnily enough, quite tricky. It's mm. straight be, off the bat, too. It's straight yeah. off the bat. Yeah. And after a scene where you're doing a lot of yelling, so I just like to make sure it's all there in my voice, um, where I might need to kind of focus on if it's not there and where I need to be more technical for that, for that show or that performance. I go out, I have a Greathers, and then I give. Um, I give Gareth a little fist bump before I go on as well. There's like lots of little things with people, but that's mostly my kind of daily ritual. Interesting. I love that. There's a lot. Yeah. No, I think it's great. It's really interesting to see the insight that For different sure. actors do. Yes. Yeah. I love a routine, like to the point where if my routine changes, I might be like freak out a little bit. Okay. <laughs> it's just yeah. part of my brain. Yeah. Um, so I always will get in and I've done this for years now. We'll get into the theater an hour before the hour call and I'll do my makeup already I'll mm -hmm. sit there and do my makeup and that's when I'll do like a slow kind of warm-up and then once my makeup's done I'll do a nice stretch before our actual warm-up because in the theater like as a principal as well after the hour you know you've got people coming in to preset your costumes your yeah. mic's going on there's not really that time for yourself and I feel like I always need that alone time to just prepare to like socialize yeah. <laughs> as well yeah not be around people but in term similarly like when you're performing that night you think about it throughout the day and I'll always wake up and mm. I don't enjoy drinking water but okay. I will just make myself drink water interesting yeah so I just have I'll I often get um Gatorades like the no sugar Gatorades because yeah. they're, re they're really yummy and that's my way I'll like intake water because otherwise I'll be too dehydrated do you yeah. drink lots of tea I do, but this is, sounds really bad. Sometimes I'm too lazy to boil the kettle. Fair like enough. it takes That's too long. Fine. You've got a lot going on. Yeah. I know, you've got to I get know. In the bubble and get out. But I there. do love tea. I do love tea. So <laughs> yeah, and and with Linda, it's straight off the bat as well. So yeah. warming up. I'm lucky that with our kettle at home, I drink a lot of tea as well mm. in my ritual. But it like boils to a certain temperature. So I understand, like, if you have a kettle that goes to 100, you got to wait and then you got to so pour it out and then you got to wait for it to so cool down. I get, isn't it? I get it. I get it. It's <laughs> hard life. It's hard life. Um, and the last question was, which production would you most want to see come to Australia? I said American Psycho last time and mm. I still stand by yes. it. But 
I, funnily enough, I do love Parade mm. and I would love, I know that's come again recently, but I would love to see it on the larger scale that yeah. I'm sure Courtney would have seen on Broadway. I would say um, Dear Evan Hansen, but it's just been it's announced just that been it announced. is, which is really exciting yes. and I cannot wait to go watch it because similarly that was an experience um, that I won't forget and I was sitting next to a, a gorgeous boy and his mum oh. um, watching the show and every time Evan did something, he would grab his mum and I just was watching that and it just made me cry. So I was Aww. like, it's really special, I think. That's really nice. Yeah, it yeah, was really Yeah, I was really, really excited when that was announced. Me too. It's, like, it's been on everyone's sort of list mm. and it's like, oh, good, if that can come, that means like something like Hades down. Also, Beetlejuice coming. Oh, yeah. so excited! That also would be my answer, and Alas, it is also coming. So that's yes. like that year of Broadway shows all kind of starting yeah. to come now. Yeah, and it'll be lucky for you because recently announced you guys are going to Melbourne, Woo-hoo! which is great. So and you'll be very special because you are from Melbourne. Yeah, yes. and I saw it at the Regent Theatre for the first time. It's where I saw right. Wicked for the first time. Wow. So yeah. the fact so that I get back to perform there. on that stage is wild. Incredible. Yeah. Well, I want to jump back to some of the answers that you had. So I want to talk about Parade for a sec. So what was it about Parade that was so just captivating? I think, and it's this gorgeous element of being overseas and seeing the performances, they're just, they're so nuanced and it's so real. And I think it, I think it was very authentically cast, which I think mm. was super important for that story. Um, the story itself is just heartbreaking and the portrayals by the actors were just like out of this world. I was like, I was witnessing it. Like every single person on the stage was so invested in the story and it reminded yeah. me how important that is. Yeah. Um, and it, it just felt so real, like those cries that you can't right. hold in. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I also hadn't seen the show before or I didn't know the story. So finding that out was really sad. Yeah. <laughs> it was, okay. oh, I don't know. Like it's. I find, I love that because I saw Cabaret when I was on the West End <gasps> and I love Cabaret, but I never, un- I knew it was like something around World War II, and, yes. you know, Nazi Germany, but I didn't know what fully was about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as you see it slowly unpack and unveil mm. and I was just like, it's like I was getting scared more and more and more as oh. it was going along. Yeah. But that was one of the best productions I've seen in yeah. recent years just because of the staging. It had this tube in the bottom that everyone like came out of and I was just like, oh, oh. <laughs> I loved every minute of it. It was <laughs> so, so dark good. and yeah. Oh, it's incredible. So good. I wanted to ask about your, your play that you chose. Now you said <gasps> the one with Brian Cranston. Yeah, Network. Yes. Network. Yeah, I yes. saw that in 2019, I believe. Um, and similar to what you both were saying, I didn't know network. I didn't know the storyline and it's very rare for me to go see something, especially a music theater that I don't already know. Mm, Um, so I went in blind and it's based on the film that was written and filmed in the seventies, I believe. Okay. And it's about just media coverage and sensationalism and capitalism and it's about this man who's a journalist and news anchor and he kind of becomes this kind of messiah figure. Oh, right. Um, and it was all filmed via like film TV cameras and yeah, it had screens cool. in the background. So you had Brian Cranston just filling the stage in the theatre with his oh, performance but also incredible. the nuances of his performance oh. up on the screens. And I mean... Spoiler alert, I'm going to spoil it. <laughs> so if you don't want to hear the end of Network, the play, don't listen anymore for this point. Um, but at the very end, someone ran through the audience with a gun and <gasps> shoots him. Oh, wow. And he is dying. It's Brian Cranston dying. So like, obviously he's a film TV actor. He knows like just 
the reality of it yeah, hitting you. Right. Like Courtney said, it feels like you're there and it's actually happening. And so blood is pouring out of his mouth and people like are rushing trying to save him. Obviously all, all fake, all acting. Yeah, all acting, yeah. But I was just, I had the shakes. I mm. And that was how it ended. Oh gosh. And I just, no closure. Yeah, no, yeah. Got just like, oh, I, I can't that. believe yeah. that just happened. <laughs> like and it was similar to Gloria as well. Uh, again, mm. spoiler for Gloria. <laughs> um, but Gloria is a play about an office shooting. Okay. I went in, I had no idea oh, the first gosh. half. This is like tongue-in-cheek like kind of office mm, comedy yeah and then at the end of act one everyone just wow. in front of your eyes and then the act two is all about the beautiful well not beautiful aftermath but tells the story beautifully about yeah. the aftermath and how people sensationalize trauma and again another play about media which i maybe i i mean i wanted to be a journalist so oh, did you? seeing a there thread you there um and both of those i just had no idea that things like that could be trade on a stage like yeah that and yeah. really touch an audience and affect an audience in such a visceral way. Well, the reason I wanted to ask was because uh, I, I'm interested in whether you think going blind into a show makes like for more visceral experiences than going into something that you know what to expect. I think there's there's uh, arguments for both. But I think, for example, having some knowledge of, even with our show Wicked, the mm. knowledge of The Wizard of Oz gives you that like mm. light bulb yes. and you, you feel like you know the piece even more. Yeah. But then there's also a kind of a wonderful thing of introducing someone to a world at the same time. Yeah. But it's like the same thing as people coming back to the same show 30 times in a row. And it's just this extra special thing because I think when you get to know something, it feels like it's yours a little bit. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's great. I think, I think you're right because like the wizard of Oz kind of gives you that extra depth, like in the second act when, you know, Dorothy starts coming into the background Mm. and you hear little things like when you're like, Oh, I stole my shoes. Damn girl. Yeah. And so people love that because like, Oh, I've always thought that. that. Yeah. And it's that recognition, isn't it? Seeing how it's kind of interwoven. Yeah. I think some of the best theater experiences I've ever had are when I had no idea what was going to happen. And I think with a show like Wicked 2, it is funny you're balancing people that have expectations and have an idea of what the show is, which is incredible but I, I also really welcome people who've come and who've never seen it and, and are not yeah. necessarily wicked fans yet in introducing mm. them to that world and it's so lovely because they come in and there's no sense of oh I, I wanted wicked to be like this they yeah. just come in and they're like that was one of the best things I've ever seen and it yep. feels really special to be able to chat with those kind of people at stage door as well oh, and because so nice. I remember seeing it for the first time and I think the beautiful thing about wicked though is when you listen to the soundtrack you don't necessarily know what happens. Yes. Yeah. You're and just listening to the music. Yeah, and it's Stephen not like Sch- one yeah. of the plot ones. Yeah. Know? And Stephen Schwartz has taken music out so that you aren't spoiled when you go see it. Oh. Um, and there aren't many musicals that do that. So I think, hey, even if you love the soundtrack, you will probably still get a visceral response exactly. that you weren't expecting. That's great. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a quick ad break and then we'll talk about Wicked. Okay, let's talk about Wicked then. So, uh, Sheridan, last time we spoke to you, it was you landed the role. Yeah. Um, what was it like? When you were first greenified, oh, uh, and question. you were on stage, and Courtney, same with you. When you were first in the bubble, first in the outfit, and you like kind of just looked at each other for the first time. It was really special getting green for the first time. I I always say it's such a privilege and it's such an honor, and it's something that so many young people who want to play alphabet something we've always dreamed of and wanted to experience and you watch youtube videos mm. of people getting green and yeah, you know exactly. all the little behind the scenes documentaries and so to live it was wild so i'm very very grateful that i get to do that every day and i'm really lucky that i have such an amazing green team it was quite seamless mm. the first time i got green and i looked in the mirror and i was like i look beautiful <laughs> like i feel and i felt like alphabet and you put the little glasses on the spectacles on and then you feel more like her before you step out on that stage mm. and yeah looking at courtney and singing 
for good. I think the first time that's when it oh. really you're really able to take one another in. That's when I was really able to kind of go, oh, I'm green and you're wearing the tiara and the the, <laughs> the blonde curls and you're in the bubble dress and you got the grimery and it's yeah. it's happening and it's there honestly aren't really words to describe it. Mm. It just you got to live it and it yeah. feels so so wonderful and so special. And I think what I like about Wicked as well is how it goes beyond the stage like i keep up with you guys on instagram and i go oh look they're so like always sharing like oh my favorite person and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that and you always true. hear about i might be wrong with this but i'm pretty sure either Gemma or lucy asked one another to be the bridesmaids of their wedding i'm not uh, sure if that's true or not i might have made that up they're very very close though. Yeah, yeah but they got close beyond the stage and i feel like that helps with your characters for sure it's i mean it translates and the more trust we have with each other and the, the gives us the ability to be vulnerable on stage, which I think is that extra special element that makes people believe the mm. connection. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what was it like for you when you were in, you know, outfit for the first oh, time? Oh, I mean, the outfit, I was like, I personally, like, I've never been blonde before. So yeah. I was like, oh God, <laughs> my eyebrows. No. Yeah. Um, but it was really, it was really surreal. And I just see myself as her. Like, I don't see myself as me, if that mm. makes sense. Um, but going up in the bubble for the first time, I was didn't realize how high it went. I was like, what? I was what? just about to ask, like, are you a, a heights person? Well, I'm not necessarily scared of heights, but I'm just scared of being scared. Yeah, <laughs> so enough. I didn't know how my body would react but it was actually kind of cool because you just it, it gives you the sense of power for mm. the character which really helps but you know sometimes I'm like wearing this beautiful dress and I get handed my little fairy wand I'm like what is life this is crazy <laughs> right now and then I head off in the bubble and I'm looking down and I'm like this is what Galinda she's looking down on the people and it's mm. it's it makes the story so easy to te- um mm. to tell yeah definitely yeah. what is it about Wicked that is like pun the pun very popular about it um you know what keeps bringing everyone's back to it i think it's timeless and i think it's so relatable to any time that it comes back to and i I, it's unlike most shows it's not really set in an era or a time Mm. and which means it's really hard for it to i think be outdated and the themes are so um relevant always the score is incredible and um i think also, luckily, like, you know, they're recasting these roles so you get to see new interpretations of them, which is cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I think the show is also just so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just such a good show and I think great art and great theatre lives on and they mm. become classics and it becomes a timeless piece mm. just through how wonderful it really is. And then one thing that I, I've loved discovering with Courtney throughout the show and throughout the rehearsal process is the story between Alphabet and Glinda and the friendship between these two women because it's not depicted in the media as much as I would have thought. Yeah, right. Um, it's such a special friendship and relationship that's told mm. and the way it grows and the journey they both go on. It fe- it doesn't feel trivial or mm. it just – what's the word? It's, it's just told with such depth yeah. and truth and to be able to portray that on stage – and I think that's one of the the messages that kind of lives on. Mm. It's the the beautiful relationship that these two women have. Yeah. It's not like I, I was trying because I remember when I saw it and I was trying to write my review of it. I didn't want it to come from like an angle because I've seen Wicked like multiple times mm. and I was trying to think of like a new angle to take it in. And mm. I was thinking like what other musicals, how many musicals are there that has that friendship, that female yeah. lead friendship? There's not many, no, you know, that you can think of. And it's also so technically sung because I wanted. It was something you said earlier about you preparing for the Wizard and I, mm-hmm. and I did a bit of a, a quick research. I'm mm. not a big like composition-minded person, but mm-hmm. I did a quick um, research on it. And this person was laying out. It goes from this note to this note mm. to this note, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I didn't realize. I knew it was. 
hard, but I didn't yeah. realize how hard it was. Do you mean the whole sh- like the whole score? Or do you mean like the Wizard Nine particular? The Wizard Nine oh, particular. Yeah, I didn't know how hard it was. So I love the song. We you, you, we sung it for auditions, and you sing it at home, and you're standing, and it's like, mm. oh, I love this song. It's great. Defying Gravity is the hard one, right? Yeah. Uh, but I remember listening to the Sentimental Men podcast before starting rehearsals, and every alphabet talks about how hard the Wizard and I is, and I'm like, interesting. They're like, it is our kryptonite. Alphabets say, I know how the show's going to go based on the Wizard and I. Mm. They changed the last note because of how difficult it is. And I was like, yeah. interesting. I wonder if that's... And I, now that I'm doing the show, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, having right. that experience. And I love it. It's such a beautiful challenge to go out on that stage and basically have an 11 o'clock number as yeah. soon as the show kind I, of takes off. As soon as you go. It, I was sitting Huge. there thinking like... Because I, I guess it comes with anyone who plays Alphabets. You go, all right, let's see what you can do. And mm. it's like that Wizard and I number. And yeah. you just go and you smash it. And everyone goes... All right, uh, where is this good? We're in yeah. <laughs> like settle in, but you know? I think technique aside too, I think the most important thing about all the songs in the show, for me at least, is not just the singing of it and the technical aspect, it's how you're telling the story. Because yeah, mm. at the end of the day, you can sound beautiful and you can hit mm. a gorgeous note, but if the story of the Wizard and I, if Alphabet's joy and hope isn't mm. translated... And then popular as well. Like, oh my, it was so funny <laughs> on you. opening night. Like, I was sitting there and everyone around me was laughing their heads <laughs> off. It was so funny. Um, I wanted to ask with that, is that, do you make a lot of stuff up or is that like choreographed to a T? Yeah, I make it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's obviously a scaffold in terms of, um, you know, story plot points, but it's, you know, I think the greatest gift of this show was was being given the freedom to interpret it how Mike Linda would. Yeah. So a lot, sometimes I do things, I'm like, where'd that come from? <laughs> like, I actually don't know. And it like, as long as it's, the rule really is as long as it sticks to the truth of the story and the yeah. character, you know, it, it all works. Mm-hmm. And I just have so much fun. Is there a point where like, you've come to the point of breaking on stage? Oh, for sure. I actually yeah. think, I naturally stopped looking at Alphaba. Oh, right. And yep. so I, I, I watched a, a clip and I was like, I'm not really looking at Alphaba. I'm like, I'm not looking because I don't want to laugh. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, sometimes connecting with someone makes you realize that. So then I've been really conscious to like, <laughs> because, you know, you try and help each each other by yeah. not like not laughing. Yeah. But it's, I think this a beauty that lives on the edge of needing to laugh, yeah. you know? Because I think it was in the Music Man um, recently with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster, there's a, a, a song in it where they purposefully try to see if they can get the other break oh. to break. Yeah, and I try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just this playfulness. I did, I did wonder. Yeah. There are a couple moments where, again, and the beautiful thing is Courtney never does it purely just to try and make me laugh. Like yeah. it is from a place of being Glinda and the truth of it. So there's never a moment where I'm like, oh God, <laughs> it is just pure joy and talent. So whenever oh, she mm. does something that's funny, I have to like, I honestly, my go-to is biting my lip. Ah, uh, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> and at least with Alphaba in that moment, if she has a little smirk, it can be take, interpreted in doing? many different ways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but God, there was one day right before you did your your little spell you you made a noise or something and it must be hard if i break no it's good you're, yeah. at me and you're trying not to yeah. break oh, that's brilliant. well fun. speaking of trying to get each other to laugh i'd love to play my little game i've set up for you yes <laughs> um so we'll see if we can try to get each other to laugh when these awfully bad wizard of oz wicked jokes that okay. i've made Okay. So <laughs> take a second to whatever you need, mm-hmm. and then um, whoever would like to start, go ahead. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I'd, this one's on the nose in my, in my opinion. But um, why is Wicked a must-see show? Because it's one of the most popular shows there is. <laughs> now, 
You know who wrote that one? Who? Liam Head. <laughs> Liam, I know <laughs> we didn't laugh. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Liam, I worry about you. <laughs> I really do. Singing in the shower is fun until you get soap in your mouth. Then it's a soap opera. Did Liam write that one? No. Okay. <laughs> How do we know Madame Morrible was a good witch? Because she brought the house down. <laughs> <laughs> No, that one's brilliant. <laughs> I'm just imagining Robin like that. that yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm. Only an American could have written The Wizard of Oz. Anywhere else, he'd be the Wizard of 28G. Now, I find that very funny because Oz is in like the, the weight system. America ounces. versus ounces. Oh, yeah. I don't think I'm clever enough. Okay, <laughs> grand. Right. But that's funny if I was I clever. thought it was. Maybe that it's one you need to see, you like to oh, look at. Oh, yes, know? yes. Yeah. But even then, <laughs> like, like pounds and yeah. yeah. That's oh, funny. That's funny. <laughs> I've been trying to understand why my candle has such bad insomnia. Guess there's no rest for the wicked. <laughs> That's a red one too. <laughs> These are my kind of humour because they're silly. Because they're mm. silly. Best. Okay. Not doing well. Scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz is by far the greatest character of all time. <laughs> no one could hold a candle to him. <laughs> that's the one that's the one okay. that's actually funny I love, that. I love that this one's funny i shouldn't say that because it's ruined it how many actors does it take to change a light bulb only one the rest stand around saying it should be me up there that's funny, that's funny. <laughs> i'm like yeah i get it but especially when the bubble yeah, yeah that'd be me up there <laughs> okay this one's a long one the wizard of oz takes on a whole new plot when you look at it from toto's perspective as much as <laughs> you like that already, as much as Dorothy misses Kansas, Toto misses the rains down in Africa. That is funny. That, a good one. that is brilliant. And I didn't even read it fully, so it really hit me as I was reading it too. Oh, Does it just hit you? <laughs> just wrote this. I was like, why? Is he some, he's from Kansas. He's from Kansas as well. <laughs> Silly. Excellent. A classically trained performer just became a spy. I guess you could say they perform thespionage. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. It's like thespionage. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this one's my favourite. Okay. Now, it could be the worst one, but it's for me, I, it's brilliant. Why did the Scarecrow get an award? Why? He was outstanding in his field. <laughs> See? That's brilliant. Not... And I just picture Liam it's getting scarecrow taken based away. Jokes, oh. uh, can I tell you a funny story? Yes, so yes. there's a moment um, in the show where Liam and I will say a bad joke to each other. And... Um, for opening, he got me like a, a dad jokes book and oh, we say nice. jokes. So I'm actually going to say these to him Excellent. in the show. You, you so. Feel free to take yes. them. Yes. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, uh, I'd love to wrap up by just asking one question that I'm, I'm really interested. Um, and I think I asked you the same one. Mm -hmm. um, so feel free to add or change your answer. Okay. Um, but I'm really interested to hear what you think, Courtney. I'd love to know how you think the theatre industry has changed over the years and how those changes have impacted the work that you do and the work you you know participate in I think personally I'm so grateful for my education on the world and especially like since COVID years about like proper representation in shows as well as like being authentic to play a role and I think that's made art more rich and more quality and I think I'm seeing we're seeing so much more of that and it's just it, it's the same as you know going to see parade and, and watching it being authentically cast like it really does I think make enrich the the arts and it's really nice and I think also in terms of the work like there's I feel like there's a lot more work in Australia as well and there's so many more shows in mm. different categories that people can go and see and it's it's good for the actors but it's good for the people watching it too oh yeah, yeah. Great answer. Thank, Thank you. you. Funnily enough, I was chatting to Dee 
who is a lovely wiggy on our show um, and our company manager, Jess, and just talking about how since COVID, how shows and companies all respect when people are unwell. It mm. might sound, sound like something very, very small, but I think no, it's quite I, important. I totally agree it's with great you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like actors are humans, we're yeah. people. And I think the way the industry is shifting is we're being seen more as humans. So whether mm. it comes to mental health days or yeah. physical sickness or injury, like I think we have a lot of time and patience for people to take their time off and get well and come back and give the best show that they can. Yeah. Um, I'm finding that's really shifting personally. And also we had lovely Chloe Dallymore come in oh, to lovely. Wicked. Yeah. Yes. And um, I think intimacy coordination. Oh, that's the something introduction I wanted that. to say. Whoever, did she do the intimacy coordination for yours and Liam's? As long as, as long as you're mine. No, no. So she came in and she gave kind of these beautiful kind of groundwork what would you say, like kind of strategies and mm. ways to start conversations and things to empower us in the room, in the rehearsal room. So, so checking in, um, are you all green today? Like it just opens up the conversation between yeah, nice. Liam and I, or not even Liam and I, but between Alphabet and Fiera, whoever yeah. that may be. Um, and I'm really grateful that those things were brought into the room so that when we did as long as your mind there was mm. that kind of open discussion and I can always go into Liam and be like hey yeah. my shoulder's dodgy I've yeah. done that before I've been like not that you ever really like hold on to my shoulder but just so you know, just know. it opens that dialogue Same. and it's really yeah. brilliant um so I just think the introduction of intimacy coordination and just discussion around intimacy yeah. in general it's very much needed and required and yeah. hopefully going forward it's in all shows and film and tv um, it's something I really value and I'm grateful mm. for. The reason I ask is because that was the best. Um, and I was sitting there going, whoever was the intimacy coordinator for this number mm. needs yeah. like their own applause because yeah. it was so well done. Yeah. Mm. So well done to the point where you're kind of sitting there going, I should probably walk away right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, oh. yeah. Uh, and it was lovely. It was really well done. I'm on stage in the wings. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Liam says he can sometimes see I you. know. It's because um, of my massive dress. Yeah. I think it's important to build that foundation of trust and as Courtney was saying, when, when you have trust, you can be vulnerable. Yeah. And when you can be vulnerable and you have that trust, you know that there's going to be an actor there to support you and be there for you. And just working in the room with Karen and Lisa, they I think they have a really, really soft spot for As Long As You're Mine. Oh, and I lovely. think they really, really loved what we brought to it. Again, as all elements of this show, they weren't like, this is what, what we want As Long As You're Mine to be. Mm. So Liam and I brought this thing. They're like, that's how you. That's what you bring. That's how we want to do yeah. it. So yeah, that's that's cool. how it is. That's how it is the way it is. Well, excellent. Thank you so much, um, Sharon and Courtney, for for coming on. I've really loved this chat, and um, I'm so pleased that it's going so well. I'm just excited for Melbourne and whatever comes next. Thank you for the new jokes that I yes. can say. You're more than welcome. <laughs> Take them with you. <laughs> Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you. massive thank you to Courtney and Sheridan for joining us as our guests on this very special episode. Thank you to IP Publicity and the team at Wicked Australia for helping to organise this week's episode. Tickets for Wicked the Musical in Australia can be booked at wickedthemusical.com.au. The Sydney season runs at Sydney Lyric Theatre until Sunday the 4th of February. Wicked will play in Melbourne at the Regent Theatre from the 6th of March 2024. This episode was produced by Echidna Audio. Follow them on Instagram at Echidna Audio for all their audio services. Once again, if you enjoyed our podcast, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and head to the link in this episode's description for our Instagram account, TikTok, YouTube and Patreon. My name's Justin Clark and I'll see you next time here on the Theatre Thoughts Podcast.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.